I'm Bill Schaefer with Mark Middleton, and this is a special Active Aging Week presented by Humana podcast series of Growing Boulder. This is the 20th anniversary of Active Aging Week, which was created by the International Council on Active Aging. It is a week-long campaign. It's celebrated globally and in communities all across America. It highlights the positive aspects of aging. It shares the keys that can help all of us live happier and healthier lives, And in this series, you're going to meet some global thought leaders, health experts, Olympic champions, and ordinary people who, regardless of their age, ability, or challenges, have all found ways to live with passion, purpose, and possibility. One of the biggest changes in human history is taking place right now, And you might not have even noticed. I'm Bill Schaefer, and this is Growing Boulder. That change is in how we are aging. Now, there are a lot of big stories out there that may or may not affect you, but this one absolutely will. So how will you age? Will you be frail, elderly, bedridden, or will you be vibrant, involved, and adventurous? The International Council on Active Aging has named this Active Aging Week, and we think that's a great topic to dig into. We've been interviewing experts in all walks of the aging journey, and now we're going to talk to a certified health education specialist with Humana, someone whose purpose in life is to inspire the rest of us to be our own best health advocate. Her name is Shima Afsel. Shima, thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? Hi there. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing well. How about you, Bill? Well, you know, I'm really into this topic because I think so many of us may not have even noticed it. But once you see it, you can't miss it. I mean, what I'm talking about is it's like a whole new reality when it comes to aging. Think about it. We've got Bruce Springsteen selling out concerts in his mid-70s. Mick Jagger is over 80 now. Martha Stewart is even over 80. And she was just a Sports Illustrated swimsuit cover model. So what is this all about? Yeah, Bill, it's absolutely inspiring. You know, I think all three of them have done super well in their professional career. And it just really portrays, right, that age is just a number. And it's interesting because I'm sure each three of them have faced their own taste of adversity, but they still choose to do what they love and leave an impact at the same time. Sometimes we think about celebrities like that and we assume that, well, maybe they got to bypass all the problems that I have. I don't hear about Mick Jagger's sore knees or a back like so many of us go through. But it does seem like none of us get real far in life without having challenges to overcome and obstacles in front of us. How do we how do we face those? How do we do that in a in a vibrant, forward facing way? Yeah, you know, that's absolutely super important. You know, I think of wellness and I think of how layered that is. And it's really important to kind of recognize that a lot of it could be mindset. We could kind of get hung up on that wheel of what we can't control, you know, got bad genes, you know, or, you know, it's just my age. Or you could turn that around and really focus on your daily habits. What are we feeding our minds every day? What are we feeding our thought process, our habits, you know, our physical movement and things of that area? Shima, I love that, talking about what we're feeding our minds, because I think a lot of us live life thinking, well, we get to a certain age and we almost expect 
something ha- to happen. And, and when there is a challenge or when there is an obstacle, we'll sit back and we'll go, well, there it goes. The wheels are finally coming off. I'm on this downhill slide from now on. And we've got example after example out there telling us that doesn't have to be the way it is. Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So this is Active Aging Week. From what you do specifically and from your point of view, what does that mean? What is active aging to you? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, I think it's really layered because I like to think about and define, well, what is wellness first, right? Wellness can be categorized in so many different buckets. That includes intellectual, physical wellness, social, environmental Uh, vocational, emotional, and active aging is really making a continued change, right, within these dimensions of wellness and really hopes to improve the quality of life and lengthen life expectancy. Yeah, and I do think it's important to make the point that we're not – We're not expecting people to be marathon runners or super athletes or anything like that. Active aging, it's really a a way we face life. It's it's looking forward. It's seeing life. It's seeing age as an opportunity. And I think it's critically important to point out that sometimes bad things happen to good people. And there are people that aren't as lucky as others. Disease, disability, financial hardship, mental health struggles is a big thing too. So what can we do to help bridge the gap in our lives from from those of us who uh, maybe weren't as lucky and do have things that we struggle with? How do we bridge that gap? Yeah, great question, Bill. And you know, I always like to think about one quote that I grew up hearing a lot. And that quote is by Theodore Roosevelt when he stated that people truly don't care about how much you know until they know about how much you care, right? And when you lead with that mindset, you automatically are going to bring awareness to a lot of the health disparities that we are facing in the U.S. today. Think about demographics. You know, that can really come into play. Those that are living in a healthier zip code naturally are going to have more access to resources One way to really bridge that gap would be to increase health literacy in a lot of those underprivileged communities. So zooming out, right, zooming out from our regular role and just, hey, even if I have to go above and beyond to give exceptional care, that's the way that we bridge the gap. And I'll give you an example. Last week, I was just talking to a member. She stated that she feels invisible. She's crying on the phone. She's dealing with arthritis. Uh, She was a 20-year property manager. And her life, you know, her health took a huge toll on her. Um, She used to golf. She used to be really active. And now she's selling her golf clubs just to make ends meet. So it's really important to recognize, you know, this person has had a really drastic change in their quality of life. And my job is to connect them with those resources. Maybe it's okay for you to get home delivered meals right now, connecting her to home healthcare where she might need a little bit more additional assistance. So that's something that I can do on an individual level. From a community level, I think it really funnels down to collaborating with clinical workers, building better health policies and increasing education all around. Yeah, it's a great reminder, Shima, that active aging, if that's what we're after or hoping for, that begins today for all of us. It begins uh, by planning, by taking care of ourselves, by making better choices, by by thinking into the future. It kind of makes me curious as to what do you see in your work? I mean, you meet people from all across the spectrum. What What are some of the biggest and most important issues that people face today as they age? 
As a health educator, you know, we have a role that's very member facing. And so we educate members on various health topics. Um, some of those are lifestyle related, where we educate them on physical activity, nutrition, stress management. But there's other chronic conditions that we really explore. It's like a four-week series program that we really take the time to talk about dementia, heart disease, diabetes, arthritis, and providing those educational materials and resources to members um, just so they can become better advocates to understand their health a little bit more. And those leading issues that I was just talking about, the heart disease, diabetes, uh, dementia, these are leading causes of death here in the U.S. Um, unfortunately, since you know 2020, life expectancy here in the U.S. is decreasing. So education can be a pivotal part in um, hopefully reversing that trend. It seems like all of us need a health advocate. And uh, from what we've talked about a lot, it's, it's almost like the best case is that we become our own best health mm -hmm. advocate. So say we are the CEO of our own health care. What do we need to do to make sure that our own health and well-being is on track? There is always that wheel, right, of what we can't control. It could be our genes. It could be our age. But then there is so much that's within that wheel of control, understanding and really diving into what are we eating? You know, are we choosing to eat ultra processed foods or are we choosing to eat whole foods? You know, are we choosing to have a sedentary lifestyle or are we choosing to move our body? How are we managing our stress or sleep? And just making sure that we're addressing all of those areas. And it begins with actually our thought process. So I will tell you that it's more of a psychology and anytime that we want to make a really great positive change the human nature is going through five cycles of change. We call it the trans theoretical model. And so you start with pre-contemplation, then you start with contemplation and you move towards preparation, action, and maintenance. And the common thread among all of these cycles is the mindset, right? Anything can be as easy as you make it or as hard as you make it. So for me, like making simple shifts to our thought patterns, right? Not being afraid to ask for help when you really need it. You know, being open to the help that you receive after you ask for it. Uh, it could even be um, being uncomfortable and challenging our current habits and the thoughts that dictate those habits. And, you know, a lot of those opportunities for change really hide in our daily routine. So it's always going to be a mental battle first uh, before it comes into fruition. Daily routine is, a, is another excellent point. We can still continue to be who we are. I mean, for example, you're an outdoors person. You like to travel. You like to be out in nature. How important is it for us that as we age, not to give those things up, not to withdraw, not to isolate, to continue to do the things that, that bring us joy? Absolutely. You know, there is actually evidence now that really links like uh, a recent study actually showed by Harvard Health that just immersing ourselves in nature, right? Whether it's greenery, whether it's being around water can actually show significant reduction in anxiety, uh, cancer risk, blood pressure could even reduce the growth of Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. So Alzheimer's and Parkinson's may not have a cure, but it can slow down some of those chronic conditions. Being exposed to natural light can really improve your mood. It can improve cognitive ability. And those go hand in hand. You know, one thing that I really like to share is after COVID, people are all actually a little bit more natural withdrawn. You know, the National Institute on Aging actually states that 
the health risk of just being socially isolated for a longer period of time is equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And that's huge because in reality, that can decrease someone's life by 15 years. Uh, It's very important to not only be around nature and to be outdoors, but to really be belonging, have that belonging within the community and to stay connected, whether it's virtual, whether it's physical, it's not matter, but long-term, this could really decrease someone's risk for chronic conditions like heart disease, high blood pressure, um, depression, anxiety. So things really are to a degree in our own control. You talked about how important mindset is. And I think one of the keys to having a powerful mindset is to have a purpose, to have meaning in our lives, to have a, a reason to get up in the morning. We hear a lot about that. Why, why is purpose becoming so important? Yeah, you know, I'd actually like to share a story. Um, there is a member uh, who really comes to the Humana Neighborhood Center regularly. Uh, she's 98 years old. And one time after class, you know, she decided to show me her calendar. And her calendar was filled with events, line dancing, going to the gym. Tuesday, she does a lot of volunteering. She even had a cruise planned. This is someone that has vision loss, has gone through many invasive surgeries, can no longer drive. But despite some of her chronic conditions, she did not let her circumstances become the barriers of her life. And what's really interesting is that she shared that her mom was the same way and so was her grandmother. And I really feel that I also, on the same you know, side of the spectrum, I see members with similar circumstances, you know, empty nested, um, losing friends to illness, but they are losing a drive, right? They're losing their reason and their why. And so having a purpose actually does need to be the center of our heart and mind. Um, I really think that's what's going to cultivate well-being long term. And that looks different for everybody. You know, it could be involved in, you know, maybe choosing to be involved in a Bible study or doing volunteer work, gardening, painting, anything like that. That's going to allow someone to constantly have a reason to wake up um, and have a natural calling is important. And um, I think it really, you know, allows gratitude and peace to really take over so that someone's better equipped to uh, squash adversity. One of the things that we all fear, and it is a reality, are are issues of dementia. How big of tsunami is this and, and what can we do to protect ourselves as we age? Yeah, you know, one important thing, Bill, to consider is that the baby boomer generation is to double by 2050 which also means that Alzheimer's is going to triple, you know, as baby boomers age. So chronic conditions like diabetes, high blood pressure are also going to manifest. So to really, you know, increase our chances for living really long, vibrant lives, I would say to really take care of our brains. You know, there's something that we can do every single day to challenge our brain health, right? Whether it's learning a new language, we are never going to stop learning and evolving. You know, a 30-minute walk while listening to an inspiring podcast can be a lot more valuable than choosing to watch, you know, three hours of TV, following a Mediterranean diet, right? Maybe even doing crossword puzzles, things of that nature that's just a little bit out of our comfort zone that's going to challenge ourselves to, to really strengthen our brain is going to be crucial. You know, listening to you, uh, it brings to mind another point that must be, wow, must be so much more important than we even realize, and that's having friends, socializing, being out, being around other people, just being able to hear the stories like you're telling, those those can give you the strength to help get over some of your obstacles. How important is socialization? 
socialization is super important. And, you know, a lot of people may struggle with this, which is why you kind of have to be brave to ask for that help. As I was stating as a health risk, you know, it is a health risk, you know, not socializing can reduce cognitive decline. It is also equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. So sometimes people may not have the resources, you know, if I'm 70, 80, how in the world am I going to go ahead and and make friends? Um, And it's really about asking for help, you know, whether that is a local, you know, neighborhood center where you are going to be connected to other activities where you do have the opportunity to socialize, whether it's playing games or just, you know, doing brain health activities, um, volunteer work, things like that within your community. Does it seem too like uh, sometimes we, man, we're just bad at asking for help. We kind of see it as a sign of weakness. And I know that that loneliness, isolation, you touched on those before, but any kind of uh, brain health, mental health issues, it's, we're almost embarrassed or humiliated to reach out and ask for help. How, how do we get over that? So being a better advocate allows someone to look inward. And I think the more connected you are to yourself, like it's really the mental mindset that I'm worthy. I'm worthy of receiving help. And that mental mindset could really be like, okay, the moment you do ask for help, you're going to be able to be more inclined to receive it. You know, the members that I was talking about have been independent their entire life. You know, they've raised children. um, They were caregivers to their own parents. But when it came to them, you know, they love themselves a lot. You know, their voices matter. They want to be seen. They want to be heard. And they're recognizing that I'm starting to have limitations and there's no shame in this. Um, and I'm really trying to break that stigma, too, um, alongside with my team. Such a powerful point. And I'm so glad that you, that you talked about that. It is OK to, to reach out. Uh, so far, what we've talked about are, are issues, I think, that, that are from the inside out, you know, how, how we see our situation, how we see life, how we see our purpose. But another struggle is the way the outside looks at us. There, there still is a, a great deal of ageism out there, a, a perception that when you hit 50, 60 and up, you know, other people will look and they, they look at you like your value decreases, like your opinions aren't as important. How, how do we turn that around? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny, like we're often told, you know, take care of the youth, right? (laughs) They're going to be the future. They're going to, you know, what will happen if we don't take care of our youth um, and and things like that. I I know I've grown up, you know, hearing that a lot, but I really want to question, you know, what will happen if we don't take care of the aging population? You know, we're going to really lack that guidance, that wisdom that comes from the people before us. Um, And we're going to be end up repeating the same mistakes. And let me just tell you, you know, I have learned so much I know I'm like on the teacher end of the spectrum, but I have learned so much from this particular group of people through their lens and experience, you know, from love advice, from how to properly prepare for a hurricane, how to forgive, how to bake the best banana bread, right? And this isn't to say that the younger you are, the less value you have. In any age, really, it's really important to acknowledge that someone's experience, their knowledge, what they've gone through matters because it ultimately molds them to their becoming, right? And at the end of the day, I think as humans, all we really want is just our voices to matter. You know, we want to be worthy. We want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to be validated. If you could give us three pieces of advice, like if we were your parents or grandparents and we're, we're going into this stage of life, what would you say? I would say that the more connected you are to yourself, the better choices you're going to make. And there's a lot of inner work, you know, understanding and challenging that some of us, you know, have to actually question, you know, 
generational thoughts that we may not want to carry within us, right? So change can happen at any time. That's like my biggest message. Change can happen at any time. Um, And age simply is just a number. You know, any decision has its burdens and it's also going to have its benefits. But when we are going to kind of come out of that autopilot mentality and be the driver's seat and be proactive in any decision, whether it is, yeah, you know what, I think I am going to spend a little bit more money on um, that good quality whole foods versus the convenient fast food meal, that's going to come a long way. So the decision that we still make today is going to cost us in the long term. So just being very, very active in our decisions is is what's going to really help our habits. Yeah, I want to thank you for uh offering a little insight from your own personal perspective there. And let's dive into that just for a second here. I'm really curious as to how these experiences that you've had have changed your own personal vision of what aging is all about or from friends that say, what do you work with old people for? I mean, what have you seen? What can we learn from your perspective? Yeah. You know, sometimes I like to switch roles. Being the health educator all the time, I want to be a student. And so one day I I just decided to ask a member that I see regularly. She's in her late nineties, you know, and her mom lived to hundred and her grandma lived to 108. And one day I just simply asked her, you know, what do you think is a secret to aging gracefully? And she said that we have more control of our lives than we think. And now one idea, you know, was passed among three generations So to me, improving our well-being actually first begins with our mindset, right? Our thoughts, knowing that we have, first of all, everything inside of us that we need to become a better um, solution seeker, right? And doing something every single day that's going to allow our future self to thank us is important. Sometimes we might have to use that daily muscle of our thoughts a little bit more stronger on harder days. But, you know, that's how neurochemistry is immersing now, right? Like we're able to actually have a difference in changing our thoughts. And it's going to create this amazing ripple effect. You know, we change our habits, we change our routine. The more connected we are to ourselves, the more we empower a bigger community at large. The more we're able to be in control of our emotions, we're not going to be relying on alcohol, numbing or pain, um, smoking, emotional eating. We're going to be able to channel that in a healthy outlet So just choosing to be proactive um, in our own life within that wheel of control can really guide us to uh, long-term decisions. This is such important information and some really interesting things for all of us to think about because more than ever before, the choices that we make in life now, they can go a long way in determining what our lives are like in the future when it comes to how well we live, even how healthy we live. We want to thank Shima Afsal for bringing us the insight that she has gained as a health education specialist with Humana, and we hope we can all learn We can all use what we're learning during Active Aging Week to truly be our own best advocates. Some important observations and insight to the things that we can all do to try to maximize our health and wellness. And that's really what Active Aging Week presented by Humana is all about. So folks, be sure to check out all we have to offer in support of the International Council on Active Aging Initiative with videos, articles, more podcasts like this one, and a complimentary downloadable workbook that is full of great resources to help you move towards a happier and healthier future. For more information, activeagingweek.com and Humana. Neighborhood Center.com.